elephant in the room, unveiling the mysteries of Ganesh Charati. Let's unravel the mystique and grandeur of Ganesh Charati. From the cosmic tale of Lord Ganesh's birth to our modern cross-cultural spin on the celebrations, this episode is your gateway to one of Hinduism's celebrated festivals. Hey lovelies, it's Amy Rigetti, your fun-loving host, back for another episode of Married to India. And today, we're making room for the ultimate elephant in the room, Lord Ganesha. Get ready for an episode as vibrant and lively as the deity himself. Now sit back and let me take you on a magical journey of ancient Hindu mythology. Ganesha, the beloved elephant-headed deity, was born to goddess Parvati and Lord Shiva. But here's where it gets intricate. Parvati, wanting to bathe but without anyone to guard her in her chamber, decided to create a guardian. And she used this turmeric paste that we often use even on our newborns from her body that she was bathing with to create this young boy and breathed life into him, and she named him Ganesha. She then instructed Ganesha to guard her chamber while she bathed, and when Lord Shiva, her husband, arrived, he wasn't aware of this situation. So Ganesha, being the dutiful son that he is, refused him entry, and this enraged Shiva, in which Shiva severed this young boy's head. I know, dramatic, right? But when Parvati learned about this, she was so devastated, and she demanded that Shiva restore their son to life. So complying with her wishes, Shiva instructed his minions, known as Ganas, to bring the head of the first creature they found. And they found this magnificent elephant and brought its head back. So Shiva affixed this head onto this young boy's body, bringing him back to life. And then Parvati then named him Ganapati, which means Lord of Ganas. So that is the quick story, guys, but I highly encourage you guys to, you know, do some searching and find a book that works for you guys and how you explain it. I feel like the world's so sensitive right now that how this story comes across for some is like brutal. And then for others, this is just the way that the stories are told. I often tell people that I really enjoy the stories, these mythological stories, just as I do, you know, Greek mythology and so forth. So, all right, you guys may be thinking, cool story or whatever, but now what? Well, Ganesh Chaturthi is the festival where we celebrate this marvelous deity's birthday, marking his creation and his rebirth. And from vividly painted Ganesh idols to mouthwatering sweets again, there's a sweet specifically called Modak that celebrations um, like this with Ganesh, you'll usually see them around. This is one of his favorites. And this festival ends with Vasarjan. And that is basically like a, like a big grand farewell where the Ganesha idol is then immersed in water. And this is not a cleansing process. This is symbolizing Ganesha's return to Mount Kailash, where he will join his parents. So idealistically, whatever you are using for this time should kind of dissolve once you place it in water. The beauty of it is that it dissolves and it goes away as if it just kind of evaporated and went into the heavens. So just a little something to think about for you creatives out there who maybe want to build your own clay Ganesh and, you know, kind of use him as your 10-day celebration. And then on that 10th day, when you go, you can drop him in a lake somewhere. And this is all eco-friendly. So you're not throwing away trash necessarily. You've made this very eco-friendly deity that you can just submerse in water and he just dissolves and goes back 
back to where he came from. So now, how are we making this festival our own? How about maybe doing something like a Ganesha-themed storytelling night where each family member narrates a different adventure from Ganesha's life sprinkled with little elements from our own cultural backgrounds? Imagine a mashup of Ganesha tales and maybe some American folklore. You guys can do whatever you want with this. There is no said script for what you're doing. And to be honest, most Indians who celebrate this type of stuff, even in America, don't do any of this stuff. They just, you know, this was one of the big things that I got into with my mother-in-law actually yesterday uh, because she is so adamant that things are done one way. And the hardest part with anyone who has sons, right, is I feel from my own personal perspective, and this might not be everybody's perspective, but my girls tend to care more about things than my boys do, or so I thought. Um, And my boys don't really care about the meaning or why or any of that stuff. They just kind of will do things blindly. And then later they're like, I don't know why I do it. Um, Whereas girls are a little different in that sense. So my mother-in-law, a lot of the stuff that I learned or a lot of the things that I started doing was not because she taught me. It was because curiosity killed the cat And I just wanted to learn. And the more I learned and the more I asked, I started my own process of things. So whether I do it traditional, not traditional, the way I want to, or the way, you know, Srinu might remember little tidbits and adding them in and kind of making it our own, that's how I do it. So I always tell people, if your kids turn out to be 20 years old and they're in a cross-cultural, you know, binding because their parents have done this and the parents from each side are not teaching or bringing into their relationship what they grew up with, don't be shocked when they don't understand these things. So if this is something you want them to be comfortable with, you're going to have to implement it. Here's another good thing that, you know, I'll openly share. Our youngest son, you know, given COVID and all these things, we didn't really take him to the temple a lot. So when we did take him to the temple for the first time, he was like three, four, four years old. And by this time, he's super social and he's talking and, you know, he's aware of everything around him. And when that pundit came out to him, he felt like he was under attack. He was scared. It was not something that was comfortable for him. And so I felt so bad as a parent because this pundit had to experience this, right? My my son definitely felt this was some indigenous man coming at him and he felt scared. And I felt that for my son. But at the same time, this is something that I am now comfortable with. And I also felt super sad that we put this pundit in the situation. So I encourage you guys, if you want this to be something they're comfortable with, if you're planning a trip to India, but you've not culturally submerged your kids here in America, you're going to have problems. So instead of having them have negative feelings towards their experiences, you really need to get them out, get them involved and let them see how things are and make it a natural environment for them. Because if they do not see it, if they do not experience it, and then you go to push things on them, it's going to have a very negative impact on them. So let me just um, get back onto point here. But I wanted to talk a little bit about um, why we shouldn't peek at the moon before I wrap things up. Because what kind of informative host would I be if I did not talk about the one but fun and curious tradition avoiding looking at the moon during Ganesh Chaturthi. So legend has it that Lord Ganesha was walking alone one night after filling his belly full of sweets in which he had been known to struggle with refusing these sweets. But he was kind of proud of himself that he almost finished all these sweets. And then as he was walking, he tripped and he fell and he dropped 
some of his sweets. And the moon, who is known as Chandra Deva, which I often joke and I'm like Chandra Mukhi. Um, but this Chandra Deva uh, actually found this amusing and burst into laughter. And offended, Ganesha cursed the moon and stated that everyone who looks at the moon on this particular day would face false accusations. And the moon immediately apologized. And Ganesha was being the forgiving deity that he is, lessened the curse, but he couldn't take it back entirely because words are words, right? And the point of when you speak something, you can't take it back kind of implies here. So people avoid looking at the moon as a form of respect to Ganesha and to steer clear of unnecessary troubles. So keep sure to keep those eyes on the festivities and avoid the moonshine, if you know what I mean. And there you guys have it, an immersive guide to Ganesh Charati, where... I'm hoping that your celebrations are as magnificent as the deity himself. And if this episode felt like a cosmic ride, make sure that you guys subscribe and drop us a celestial review. And until next time, this is Amy Rigetti signing off with a heartfelt Ganapati Papa Maria. Bye.